Hello, Wednesday, and hello, you person out there listening to this, to Drake Digital with Drake, West and Sid. It is the 22nd day of March, and the basketball news, let's, let's just start there for grins. What could have been an uglier than it already was deal with John Morant from the Grizzlies, uh, one of the NBA's hottest young players, has, has turned back around here pretty quick. He is back with the team and will likely return tonight with the Houston Rockets. He may not start the game. He may come off the bench as they attempt to keep him humble, I guess. But I suspect that once he gets turned loose on that court, he'll be doing somersaults, flips, juggling the basketball, you know, falling down, uh, you know, shooting shirts into the crowd from the cannon uh, and serving hot dogs, eating hot dogs as he plays. And we'll show all you MFers what he got going on. That's my guess. Uh, so he is back. I hope he hasn't. This dude, I, you know the the empathy for this guy was a lot more than I than many players would have gotten. But good for him. He did his little rehab bit, learning how to handle stress. And at 23 years old, when you're a multimillionaire and very gifted, you tend to maybe be a little bit off the chain. Sometime, and he was. I he will likely be frisked for guns before he goes onto the court, which probably is a safe, good idea. Two two state policemen will shake him down, and he'll be cleared to play. So, uh, yay, Ja! Happy you're back. Go Grizz! And after all this, they've won three straight and are only one game out of or uh, ahead of, or whatever it is, they're in second place just about in the Western Division. After all this up and down, all the injuries uh, to Mr. Adams and to the other dudes, but they're still playing great basketball, and so go Grizz. If you're a fan of the Arkansas Razorbacks, Pig Suey, Suey Pig, however that works, <laughs> and the Tennessee Volunteers, yeah, I'll, okay, I'm, the, it's good that they're there. Uh, tonight, well, not tonight, but tomorrow night is when this resumes. The Sweet 16 Razorbacks play in Yukon. That should be fun. That is uh, part of the deal on CBS at 6.15 tomorrow night. After that one, or kind of during it, uh, the Volunteers play Florida Atlantic, the team that beat the Tigers last week. That's 8 p.m. on TBS. So on these... Yeah, with the Sweet 16, the games are going to be um, mostly on TBS, TNT, and CBS as they work toward the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games in the Elite Eight in the Final Four. And then this will be beyond us. But there are still lots of good teams in here. Michigan State, Tom Izzo and his boys are always there, it, it uh, seems like. UCLA, Gonzaga. And um, that's just for the games uh, tomorrow night. So a lot of hoops to come and uh, fun. And the MLB Network is on in my office most all the time. I'm not sure what I'm watching, if it's a new game or a replay game. But we're about a week and a half away from baseball's opening day 2023. And so those are good things to look forward to. Also, uh, you know, thank you to the climate... What? You're you're not you're not watching the baseball USA. Uh, what is it? USA. Couldn't care any less. No. Last night was oh gosh, it's on in my house. <laughs> I, I I don't care. There's too much. I'm trying to read and watch TV and 
I can't do all of this at the same time. I'm just, <laughs> I've tried forever and I can't do it all. So <clears throat> I'll do what I can. And I'm sure Wes has been involved with all this oh, yeah. international I, baseball. But I, well, Not the baseball. Yeah. I do have my bracket all filled out, though, and ready to go for the tournament. And I have Mordor edging out the Justice League to, at the final game <laughs> to take it all. Probably a good call. Although yeah. you should have done this about two weeks ago because you're way behind. Well, you but never maybe, asked me until now. Well, that's true, too. So that's yeah. on me. It might be on it. Uh, so, anywho, any um, other things I have here, I, there's a, um, uh, I believe this to be true as well, talking about television streaming and network TV and how network TV is, <clears throat> uh, pardon me, is just, uh, it just dims, the light gets dimmer all the time. And this new survey, which I think is accurate, based upon my television watching on the streaming outfits, uh, has been going down a little bit the past couple of months. These outlets, Netflix remains number one for streaming viewing because they have and produce more shows than anybody else because they had a much bigger budget to do that with. And, excuse me, uh, the pollen's here, yay. Mm. And um, so... In the past month, uh, cable TV, that is your basic cable, has gone down to a share of 30.2%. Streaming uh, is above that, but it went down to 34.3%. Broadcast TV, that's your ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, and whatever other garbage is on there, has gone down to 23.8%. Wow. So, uh, broadcast television much like the radio uh, that's on whatever it is, uh, is losing um, listeners, audience, and so forth, as digital takes over the entire world. And that's just the way it is. Now, uh, I can I can always tell, because I go to all of these things individually, and sometimes I'll hit a real streak. Amazon Prime. They have uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, which is just a fantastic show that I thought would suck out loud. Uh, they have The Consultant, which is a great, interesting, strange show mm -hmm. that is on there as well. Um, Hunters, Season 2, Al Pacino, about a group of Nazi hunters who are out to scour the world for those that remain from that moment in time. Now, this season has been particularly fun because they have learned that Hitler and Eva Braun, his wife, did not die in Berlin. They escaped to South America, and they are on, they're on his trail. And it's, a, it's, a, it's something else. It's, it's very heady and thoughtful, and um, Hitler ends up going to trial, and it's a, a pretty believable concept. So those three, bam, 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 kept me involved on Amazon Prime. On Netflix, the series You, which some people I think find unsettling. It's about a serial killer, kind of. He's a heck of, he's a, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of guy. Real nice, real, real charming, uh, handsome, laid back. But he'll also cut your head off if you do something wrong to him, which are pretty good skills to have, I think. Uh, and he has a uh, quite the different um, 
approach to things. But that show has been on since uh, 2017, and season four just concluded. So I can't fly, find one thing to watch on Netflix right now. <laughs> Nothing that I find interesting for um, what Netflix is doing in this downtime because uh, Netflix is the one that spent 1800 a million bucks a few years ago, maybe for two years in a row to strike, to crank out their own entertainment. And that was not just here. That is internationally. Netflix makes movies in Australia and Spain and in a ton of places. And they pour money into these programs and they usually get, get, get the payback with the long, long viewership. But they have had to back off how much they spend which creates a little bit of a of a vacuum in how many shows they can crank out. Uh, there are many things coming back onto TV, and we're going to uh, do those in a second, but there are new movies coming out and new television shows. Ted Lasso came back on, on uh, Apple Plus last Wednesday, and new shows hit every Wednesday for that one. So a new Ted Lasso tonight on uh, Apple Plus. Plus, they've upped their game, too, with some other new series. Uh, but this is a competitive business. But the loser here is broadcast TV. And uh, there's an answer for that of late. Two words, night court. Uh, <laughs> is that bullshit uh, still on? That I've yeah, never seen anything so. so out of touch with canned laughter and John Larroquette who wasn't funny then, and he isn't no. funny now. The entire cast besides him is dead, and he should be. It's awful. And they keep churning out this this garbage, and people still watch it, I guess. Once again, the only thing worth watching on there is Blacklist. And so they're in trouble, and uh, there's just too much. There's cable TV. I'm not even sure how to... What do we call cable TV anymore? It's well, it, it's still <laughs> yeah, cable. Because that's the basic thing. You, cable. Yeah, you have to you have to make a difference between, I guess, the cable and the broadcast because the broadcast Definitely. channels are yeah. on cable. But right. There's still, I yeah. expect, a minority, a small minority of people who just have a, a television rabbit and ears. one of those digital uh, <laughs> digital set of rabbit ears because you have, have to have the digital ones now. You can't yeah. just have yeah. a, a TV from the 70s. ain't going to work anymore. No for And it. are just getting the you know, six or eight channels that you can get through that. These are the people that you see at the Red Box machine by Walgreens that don't uh, or can't afford to do maybe, all this stuff. Yeah. And that's maybe... When they're not watching maybe my court. It. When, when uh, I'm at my, I, when it's I, got so God, bad. It, it comes on after a wheel and it sucks. When I met <laughs> my husband, he didn't even have a TV, um, and now he watches more than I do, maybe. But I got, I do have a movie for you. It's a movie, not a series, but I think you would like Luther. And I think I, it's on. Uh, that, have you seen the trailer? Well, no, because there there was one one before it, and I don't know that if it was a if it was a movie or if it was um, a show. But we'll get to that in a moment, because I have a list here of things that are coming out uh, pretty quickly here, and I did see that and think it was it looked pretty interesting. But I wanted to watch the first one first, because I'm also watching, and we'll get to this too. HBO Max has done a reboot. Now season two just came out, so 
There have been changes since season one. Perry Mason. Many of you watched that as kids, maybe, or as adults. Oh, yeah. It was a black and white TV mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. with Raymond Burr uh, as Perry Mason. He was a prosecuting attorney, and Della was his secretary, and Paul Drake was his associate in the law firm or something. Well, I began to watch this first season, and we'll get to that in a moment, but I guess it's okay sometime for filmmakers and or writers to take license to change things, but they changed this one entirely. Season two that just uh, began, I haven't gotten there yet, they have uh, they had new producers and new people come in to make it the way it used to be. It's it's very unusual. So we'll run down some of these new shows that you've been watching for a while and their return dates to the streaming service of your choice. All that's coming up along with your texts, 878-9420. Those can be applied to Lawyer Bill tomorrow on Ask Lawyer Bill Thursday. First, in the meantime, when you text, sometimes we do pay attention. This guy uh, wrote about this song to us months ago, and I went and found this sucker. And the problem with it was, I mean, it was a great tune, I guess uh, 1970-ish. And I saw it's seven minutes long, and I thought, well, that's just too long. And I played it and realized why. This is back in the day when everybody had to take their solo and there is a drum thing that goes on eternally. I said, Wes, edit that out and let's play this song because it's good, but the drummer needs to go someplace else and uh, <laughs> play with himself off this record. Beat it. It's called Cottage Cheese. The band is Crow. This is Drake Digital. Talking about the television shows and movies that are coming out this spring, everybody seems to be back in full swing. I don't know where these shows are shot anymore. Um, Hollywood is not the number one place to shoot films um, and or uh, TV shows much anymore. New Orleans has been used a lot of late. Uh, the last series of Ozark was shot in Georgia, not in the Ozarks. And Netflix and some of the people that do shows out of the country, uh, they do them all over the world. And and that likely runs into a good amount of money. Some of the things that are coming up, and I just, um, uh, Wes just now pointed out, when I turned on, I just was desperate to find something to watch, and I turned on HBO Max and saw Perry Mason. My assumption would be that it'll be not Raymond Burr, seeing as how he's dead, and the whole cast. (laughs) Yeah, harder Uh, to film that way. I thought, well, where's Burr? And I went, oh, yeah, he's dead. Because he was Ironside, then he croaked. That's how life works. So I'm watching this thing, and uh, Perry Mason in the original show was the defense attorney, and he and his gift, as I recall, Wesley was to uh, he turned pe- people would uh, get kind of flustered and would confess on the stand and yeah, break down. That was all, often the big dramatic moments. Yeah. Well. So I'm watching this thing, and the character of Perry Mason is a rumpled, unshaven, uh, He's he is a, a private investigator. I thought, oh, okay. And then for the, three or, the first three or four shows, there is no mention of Paul Drake. 
Now, Adela is there. John Lithgow, who is great whatever he does, is in it as uh, a major attorney in a firm. And the other character, I can't think of his name. He's in everything, uh, plays the DA. This is back in the 30s. And uh, the, the scenes and the sets and the dress and the and it's just uh, it's just great. Film noir, they call this. But I'm wondering as I watch this, why is Perry Mason a uh, private eye and Paul Drake is a beat cop? So I'm only on the fourth or fifth one. And then I read today about it. I wanted to see what I'm watching. And uh, they decided to get cute and play with the characters and make them different characters. And they did so. Now, I guess as this first season evolves... It's, it is a murder case. A baby was killed, and its eyes were stitched open. It was really gross, and um, it's been it's been pretty graphic. But when season one came to an end, they decided that, and they evolved this, I guess, toward the end of the first season, that Perry Mason should be an attorney, and that Paul Drake should be his colleague. And that's what it's turned into in season two. I, I just, I, don't, I can't think of any other shows that took that kind of license with an original show and changed everybody to somebody else. I can't think of one. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Not a whole top of my head. Uh-uh. It's weird. It was, it was just, it was weird and off kilter. It's, but it's, the, but, but, but the actors were good enough to pull it off and you're just wondering, Oh, they're being creative. I get it. Well, it it really, it more sounds like some producer already had a pretty good script and some actors maybe in mind to play characters, but he didn't have a licensed property that was known to go with it. And he got Perry Mason and said, all right, I'll just slot these names that people have already heard into these characters and it'll work. Well, the only person that uh, applies... And it seems like the old one is uh, Della, who was secretary of Perry Mason. But in the first season of this one, she's not. Anyway, it does transform. I don't know how he jumps from being a, a private dick into being a lawyer, but he does. And uh, Paul Drake is played by a young black actor. Uh, and so they have gone off type there. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's on HBO Max. Uh, coming up here right quick. Uh, Ted Lasso, uh, number two is tonight. Barry, a giant hit, won Emmys on HBO, I guess. That is coming up. Season four is the finale with Bill Hader, April 16th. Succession uh, was a, a great show. It was a satire of very rich people. It's a family. The father, played by Brian Cox, and the four kids. He's getting older. He is a media mogul not unlike Rupert Murdoch, and they're fighting over who gets the, the, the uh, reins when the old man dies. And so this one is coming up again. The 26th will be this Sunday, I guess, and it is on. They won 13 Emmys so far. It's a heck of a show. That's coming back. Um, there are other things. Mrs. Maisel is back on Prime, you say. Yeah. The amazing Mrs. Maisel. Uh, what a great show that yeah, has been. That's coming in April. April, okay. Uh, so uh, that will be coming back. 
there are some movies also coming out that you're seeing now that theaters have reopened. They're charging more. Uh, they're going to be charging more for prime seating and for amenities that go along with that. Uh, one of the first ones to come is Air. Now, I saw the previews and thought, this is pretty cool. It is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who have been friends. They What was their very first work together that won all the awards? They wrote the story. And uh, I, I, is it, are you thinking Goodwill Hunting? Yes, that is it. Robin Williams. is that That's the one, I believe. 1997. Anyway, they, haven't, they haven't worked together except in some bad film a long time ago. Air is the story of the beginning of Air Jordan shoes. Ah. And the guy that Affleck plays, and of course, well, he is also the director. He is given no credit for what a... He, he has done some great work in directing. Gone Baby Gone. Uh, he did that one. He did The Town, I believe. So he's behind the camera and acting with his old buddy, Matt Damon. But it's about um, uh, the Air Jordan shoe release and how they went uh, after Jordan before he was even a star because they had somebody in mind uh, for these shoes. And this guy, uh, Phil What's-His-Nuts, we brought up last week because he's oh, yeah, the guy Knight. that, that uh, yes, uh, Phil Knight, who outfits the Oregon football team and some new duds every week. So this tells his story from the beginning of it and it's about Air Jordans and uh, how tennis shoes became such a big deal for athletes. So that's coming out, uh, and it'll open in theaters wide, and you'll go to Netflix, I believe, after that. So that's coming. Uh, John Wick, which I I just can't really get in mind. I don't like Keanu Reeves, and I don't know why. You don't. <laughs> uh, you don't. But, I, but I have heard so many great things about John Wick. And the fourth one of those is coming out. And I did some research on what this is about. And I went, oh, damn, I'm not paying attention. John Wick is based upon this, uh, this, uh, this guy named Mark Luttrell, who was a Navy SEAL. And we interviewed him on the old show a long time ago. He wrote a book called Lone Survivor. He was in Afghanistan. Uh, Operation Red Wings was his uh, claim to fame. And he was a hero and all of that. And that was back in 05. And I didn't realize that this character was based upon this man, Mark Luttrell, who was a SEAL. And so John Wick, uh, the character played by Mr. Reeves, is out for revenge is what I get. And I've heard people that I trust their taste in film and in art say that this is some great stuff. So I'm going to uh, check out Mr. Reeves and watch these first three sometime and prepare for the new one to come out. So there are good things coming and many more I haven't mentioned, but the spring uh, tends to unleash these things and give us entertainment just when we're supposed to be outside playing in the flowers. But now they're all dead because they froze. <laughs> uh, mine Bastard. weren't quite blooming yet, so I must have looked out. My ferns, uh, maybe, man. will live, though. Maybe. I drove around yesterday, and all the azaleas and all the green things that were about to bloom in somewhere were brown and burnt 
and it blows. Maybe they'll come back, but the bloomage, eh. I suppose it depends upon where you live. My wife was up in Jackson a couple nights ago and mm -hmm. walked out to the cars covered in ice. Oh, wow. To, so we had enough, I don't know if it was ice or just frost that just killed a bunch of this stuff. And so uh, it'll all come back in some fashion. Nature is good about healing itself. So we shall find out about that. Any other TV shows that I missed or y'all want to mention that are coming up uh, or that you're watching TV, now? TV, but I was, I was in the theater for a movie this past weekend the one that I'm going to be doing my uh, podcast, Geeks Grading Geekdom on uh, for Friday, mm -hmm. and saw a poster for the new Owen Wilson film called Paint, which oh. is about Bob Ross. Oh. Owen Wilson as Bob <laughs> really? Ross. Coming up I have a, soon. I got a real hard time seeing that. Oh my God, that's funny. I can't well, hang with Owen Wilson too much. He was I, great I like at uh, Midnight in Paris. He was great in that. He was great in that, and that, in fact, that was the film by Woody Allen, right? Yeah. Um, my father loved that movie, and he is—he doesn't watch many of those kind of things. And I bought him that movie poster framed for his birthday. Oh, that's some sweet. years ago. Yeah, he <laughs> he just loved that movie, and he had no idea who Owen Wilson was. Uh, that was an interesting, really well done film. So, Owen as as Bob Ross, That's as crazy hilarious. boy with the hair, talking like this, like he what? wants to perv on you and paint you. Maybe he was very I strange. Just I just remember his brother is Luke. But on the John Wick, you don't like Kenny Reeves, but we. I don't know. We love the John Wick movies. I did not know it was based on that man, but Kenny Reeves is a badass in the movies. So that's what I hear. Give him a little bit of time. And then I was going to mention this other one that we mentioned a minute ago, or we can talk about it later, whatever. Luther. Well, the first one is what I want to see. So has that one been seen by you? Well, so, no, I looked it up because I didn't know that. So this is called The Fallen Sun, and it's a movie. Apparently, right. apparently you don't have to. It says it doesn't matter if you've seen the show or not. The show I didn't know was some 2010 to 2019 British TV series of the same name. Hmm. I don't know. Huh. I have, I don't know. It's yeah, a part so, two, it's a part two of something though. So is it? We need okay, to I, get that answered. I yeah, I yeah. Can't find that, but it's know. really good. I'll have to go back and watch it backwards then. You know, back to my original point, which I kind of spaced off on. Uh, Netflix is doing something that is is unusual, but it's working for them, and I they have a shortage of new stuff coming out, and. Um, what they're doing is they will tease a movie. And the current one, maybe it's 10 years old. It's it's uh, with Mel Gibson and some other uh, guy. that they, they play cops who did something wrong and uh, whatever the case may be. It's the number one most watched film on Netflix. So they are going back and finding all of these movies that came out and perhaps were overlooked and now they're hitting number one on the most watched charts, which is an interesting concept. Yeah. And smart. took some balls to do, but it's working. Uh, so that does indicate that there is a shortage of new material being churned out, but I that won't last. It just seems to go from place to place. Uh, for you know two or three months, it'll it'll be Hulu who has back-to-back -back great shows. 
then it's somebody else. So there'll be tons for everyone to watch. Don't worry. But who's going to get eaten alive in this is network TV and then mm-hmm. cable TV. It will be non-existent. Like radio is already approaching that. Although, depending upon what market you're in, in this town, uh, urban radio uh, is the king of all, and they that's they have all the stations and all the listenership for the most part. And white radio with bad music and bad talent is going down the drain. But life is hard, and things evolve and change. So anyway, your commentary fine eight seven eight nine four two zero. Uh, that will be also for lawyer Bill tomorrow. So get him some some questions in here. Here's a nice tune. A it's a sad tune that you think about Warren Zevon being gone for 20 years, and the last night he was on television was with David Letterman, and Dave loved him. They were good friends, and Warren I believe played this song his last appearance on that night. Keep me in your heart. Warren Zevon. This is Drake Digital. Wesley is the uh, current master of the teasing headline that he sends me to. <laughs> Look at his <laughs> list of stories. Members of the Beatles, the Stones, Aerosmith, enlisted for, you take it from here. Enlisted for an upcoming rock and roll fantasy camp with one great big butt attached. They you say won't be members there. of the Beatles, you say members of the Rolling Stones, you're hoping that Paul probably wouldn't, but maybe Ringo would, Keith wouldn't do it, but you know maybe Mick would because he's just that you know, attention He's hungry. a whore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. It's been going on for 27 years now. People pay to live rock star fantasies. They get to meet these people who are in famous bands. They get to hang out with them. They get to play with them. The drummer for Trickster. Thanks. Roger Daltrey has done it. <laughs> yeah. Alice Cooper has done it. Gene Simmons has done it. Nancy Wilson has done it. And this batch with members from the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and Aerosmith include specifically Pete Best, who's not dead. Okay. Also, Daryl Jones, who's not technically a member of the Rolling Stones, but he is there serving as their bassist these days. I was like, who's that? <laughs> and well, Tom, Tom Hamilton uh, is the representative from Aerosmith. He's he was a founding member. He was the bassist. He's still in the band. So, you know, full credits to him. But, you know, <laughs> Pete Best and Daryl Jones. Why do you drag out Pete Best, who was never a Beatle for more than about a week? That, Why do you drag him into this? So that you can say you've got a member of the Beatles as part of this yeah. fantasy camp. Sell it. Lawsuit. I'm suing for this is wrong. <laughs> he, he he used to be a Beatle, so it counts, technically. I, I mean, you couldn't oh. count that guy that sat in for Ringo for a couple of dates when they toured Australia when Ringo got real, real sick. Because he was just a fill-in touring member of the band, not an actual member. But Pete Best, Pete Best is one of these guys that goes to conventions and signs his, you know, black and white glossy, and then leaves. (laughs) Right. And makes about you know eighty bucks for the whole gig. No, he makes like eighty bucks a picture, dude. He's he he does that for and is fine. I wouldn't give that bitch eight cents for a picture of himself. (laughs) Who cares? Okay. One time at band camp. But that's happening anyway, so there. Okay, now this next story, if you saw this, talk about uncomfortable. I thought this was, this this gave me a a tainted look 
at this member of this great band when Rush got their Hall of Fame induction. Now, um, Rush is an intellectual bunch. Uh, Neil Peart, unfortunately, is gone. He was the brains, wrote all the lyrics and played drums like nobody's business. And Getty Lee was the interpreter of the lyrics. And Alex Lifeson played guitar. Cynics, yes. Uh, but sincere, yes. And I guess when they gave their speeches, he went last. Yeah. Take it from here, Wes, because it, <laughs> yeah. it was he was really an asshole. Well, you said it made you uncomfortable. I was laughing out loud for the entire thing. I got thing, it, but I, it wasn't funny. I, I thought it was just great. I thought it was it was a great lampooning of the whole... F you to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, uh, But as you said, so they went up, they were inducted by uh, Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins, who have always loved Rush, and uh, first was Neil to give his acceptance speech, and he gave a great heartfelt speech. He thanked the, uh, their their manager who had been with them the whole time. He thanked the road crew workers and the people that did the technical stuff that made the shows happen, and he uh, said it, how appropriate it was that they got this award while they were in the middle of a tour as a still-working band. And then Getty came up and he thanked family and said, this, this is award is yours as much as ours and thank the fans and all of that. And then that's when uh, Alex Lifeson came up to do his part and he went, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he was for way too long. Too. He, he was pantomiming the story of them as a band playing and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the record critics and them lambasting them and he counting off how many you know gold and platinum albums they've had and how it all worked out. And the other two are in the behind him. He couldn't see him looking kind of uncomfortable through forced yeah. smiles as this whole thing is going on and right. on. it did it did go on you know a little yeah, well too long yeah but I I was laughing the whole time he said they didn't have any idea that was the plan because they all got they have rehearsals for these things so they were all three up there and they were testing the teleprompters and I guess saying okay I need this higher I need this lower or angle it or whatever and he was said he was reading his speech that he had he had written for the for this thing and trying to memorize it and it got to the point where I man I should just go blah 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 and the more he thought about it <laughs> the more he thought that was just a good idea he said oh my god do I actually have the balls to get up there and just do that he did and so they were they were at the table during the ceremony as all this was going on and he leaned over to his wife and she was the only person he told beforehand what his plan was. And she goes, You're just gonna go blah 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 and I said, Yes and he said, I committed to it as I was walking up to the podium well, and he had this smile. He said, all these people are getting up, giving these big, long-winded speeches, most of them which were really fucking boring. And I thought, here we are at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Isn't rock supposed to be irreverent? And so yeah. he he dove right in and, and did it. He said, they wanted to kill me. Yes, they were getting off stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, uh, some people in the audience got it and were laughing along. Some were sort of doing nervous chuckling. But uh, the next day, though, uh, he got an email from Neil saying, I, I owe you and apologize the size of Texas. I'm so sorry I got upset. I've been inundated, Neil said, with emails from everybody I know saying, wasn't Alex's speech great? 
So, oh. yeah, I, I thought it was appropriate. I think as time has gone by, and you see the sanctimonious horseshit that goes on at these things, and sometimes they're sincere. I've gone back and watched a number of these things, the inductions, and some of them are really uh, heartfelt and well done. And some of them are just, you know, wallowing in your own awesomeness and please be quiet and get off the stage. Mm -hmm. Uh, But his moment was, uh, it was a novelty and it worked. And I guess looking back, it'll always be one of the things that people remember from those moments. So, you know, good for him ultimately. Why I want to post that. I haven't seen it. So if people haven't seen it. No, don't post it. It's annoying. Don't post it? <laughs> don't, it's annoying? No, don't, don't. It's you too don't old. To... It's irrelevant. Don't post it. <laughs> I it never isn't saw necessary. it. Well, then look it at it yourself own. and don't post oh, it. Fine. Um, it's not necessary to post it. We don't need to do do, do all that shit. Um, we're going to tell you a novel way to kill your wife. If you want to uh, take some notes, get a pencil next. And... People just don't learn. You can't Google how to get rid of a body. And you just can't. You can't. You, you, what is wrong with you? When you kill her, it's going to be uh, a, a big. It's, it's wrong. We have that story. And one that is just hysterical because it's written in a serious tone about a guy who is in trouble for domestic abuse, which is not ever funny. However, this one is relatively amusing. That's coming up in a moment. First, the Doobies did an album, uh, was it last year? And um, uh, did some Doobie-esque songs. And Pat Simmons did two songs that were in his um, different kind of style. This one, when I first heard it, I thought it was the the, uh, Springsteen boys, uh, Bruce and his band. But it's not. It's called Better Days, Patrick Simmons and the Doobies. This is Drake Digital. This guy's face says it all. I'm a moron. I'm stupid. If I kill my wife, I will surely get caught. It's written all over him, not to be too judgmental, but the guy just looks like a freaking imbecile. Turns out he is. He's a dentist, which is okay. He's accused of fatally poisoning his wife. How? By putting arsenic in her protein shakes after he ordered it online, paper trail, and (laughs) making a number of suspicious internet searches in the weeks leading up to her death, including how to make poison. That stays on your computer, Dick Brain, according to... An arrest warrant affidavit. James Tolliver Craig, 45, arrested Sunday and charged with first-degree murder after the old lady died after being hospitalized for bad headaches and getting dizzy. Well, that's because he put arsenic in her boot every yeah. day and, and killed her at. Uh, they allege that Mr. Craig has shown the planning and intent to end his wife's life by searching for ways to kill somebody undetected. Do you never watch the CSI shows, sir, or any movies of any kind? Yeah, I know. Her poisons align with her hospital symptoms, and he wanted to begin a new life. Well, you can divorce the biatch and not kill her, but I guess he opted for just a clean slate. 
This went on, let's see, she was hospitalized for three times in a month because she was sick, having seizures and just falling out and uh, being a mess. But he was searching for undetectable poisons. And you do see these things pop up in various movies and shows. Yeah. yeah I, I can't think of late what I have seen done, but people that really get into this in a serious way and don't want to get caught can pull it off, and they do. Um, one of the episodes of uh, a big hit on Netflix, Jenny and Georgia, uh, has been a big hit for them. And Georgia um, has killed a few people. It's a long story. If you've watched the show, you know. But she was growing these flowers in her outside garden, and they were blue. And she was making tea from that, and she offed somebody like that, a husband, a boyfriend. And then, then I saw the very same thing in something else. And I, and I asked Sid to see what she could find about that on the Google machine. What did it say? Anything? The Blue first flowers, that, really pretty. The first thing that popped up, what blue flowers are poisonous, is something called monkshood or wolfsbane. But it's wolfsbane a, is it. It's wolfsbane. Okay. Yeah. okay. There you go. So the, uh, it'll grow in your garden and you turn it into tea and you can kill somebody. So this clown was going on there uh, asking how many grams of pure arsenic will kill someone. Attaboy. Mm -hmm. uh, plus how to make God. poison and the top five poisons that show no signs of foul play. Well, it didn't go too well for this man. What an idiot. It turns and then out this that one, shows up. That, yeah, yeah. That reminds me, when when David Baldacci was in town one time doing one of his book tours, he talked about how he was on a train talking, headed to New York, talking with a toxicology guy that he uses for a reference so he can have authentic things in oh, his cool. you know, murder mystery thriller books that he writes. And so he, the people on the train with him are hearing just his side of the conversation, which is, no, I need this guy to be you know, dead in a way that, that can't be found out. <laughs> and so how long would that take? How hard is that to get? And someone called the police, and they oh <laughs> before they would let him off the train, he had to explain himself about what was going on. And uh, he, in in the afterward of that book, he apologized to everyone who was on that train with him that night, and because oh, they all man. got delayed. <laughs> no, that's he's, crazy. Yeah, that's great. Okay, here is uh, part two of um, domestic issues, not death. This is just stupid. The headline, man busted for slapping wife in face with slice of pizza, cops say. <laughs> this came from Florida, as you may have guessed. This boy slapped his wife in the face with a piece of hot pizza during an argument in their residence. Police um, said that the alleged crime scene was sauce splattered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not blood. Police dispatched Friday to a place in uh, Marion County in response to a 911 hang-up. They always go there anyway because mm -hmm. they know where you live. They got to the house. They encounter, uh, they encounter Ariello Alfonso, who said he had a verbal altercation with his old lady. 
uh, uh, says this probable cause affidavit. The victim, she, her, said that the dispute turned violent and that he grabbed a piece of pizza and slapped her in the left side of her face with it. Yeah, they had been arguing about the their son and how he was being disciplined and or not. The cop wrote down she had pizza sauce all over her shirt and the remnants of pizza in her hair and ear area. <laughs> this is why cops hate their job. Uh. Additionally, the officer said, I observed there to be pizza sauce on the walls and the kitchen ceiling, which further corroborated the victim's statement. He threw pizza at her face, and now he's um, in trouble, and likely this will go away very quickly. Do you have a dumb person to uh, throw into the mix here, Wesley? Oh, I have a very nice one. This happened in Seabrook, Texas. According to the police there, about 11 a.m. this uh, last Saturday, officers received the report of a possible explosive device in the Walmart the Walmart. So I guess it's a small town. They just have the one. Officers reported that someone <laughs> called the police department directly, claiming a man in the store had a gun. This happened right after that. So they evacuate the Walmart, uh, Walmart, and they evacuate nearby stores to search everything. And this happened uh, in New Hampshire, I guess. I may have said Texas. Sorry. They, but they, Same thing. Yeah, well, I mean, just so <laughs> much. Uh, we'll anyway, the state bo- police bomb squad goes in. They sweep for explosive devices. There's not any. And they uh, had, were doing this out of an abundance of caution, and they opened up the b- businesses again, though, about two hours later. And then about four, they found the suspect who made the call. The whole thing was a hoax done by this woman named Megan Levitt, 38 years old, and she called in this because she had gotten a call from her boyfriend who was busy shoplifting things at the Dick's Sporting Goods across from the Walmart, but he had been spotted. So he was hiding in a changing room and called her there and said, do something. They're about to nab me for, for shoplifting stuff. Oh, my God. So, oh God. so that's when Megan made this call about the bomb in the Walmart and then a, a guy with a gun somewhere else because she wanted police to be distracted from searching for her boyfriend. How was she caught? Well, she made this call on speakerphone in the back of an Uber that was taking her to that dick sporting goods. <laughs> so the whole thing was heard by the Uber driver who I don't know why she wouldn't imagine that she he wouldn't turn her in because he did. He he let her out and then he called the police and said, "This crazy woman in my car just made a the bomb threat to Walmart. Thought y'all should know." So they found her, they found Dude, and they're both arrested and uh, in a whole lot of trouble for this. It's just hard to find somebody that is a smart dumbass. It? It's just a <laughs> oh my darn God, shame. It's insane. Yes. Golly. It's insane. Uh, craziness. Uh, I want to thank our friends at Wholesale Nutrition, who continue to, their new store has been open now for, I guess, about six months. And I have their website pulled up here. And you can look at this thing and uh, look at the departments and the categories they have. Of There's so many great things in there. Uh, there are vitamins and minerals, uh, performance-enhancing things for you, people that, that uh, work out really intensely, pet care, general health items, herbs and teas and oils, uh, 
and protein. Uh, they have new things coming in all the time. I wanted to click on their smoothie menu. You've never seen a smoothie bar like this one. And just to give you an idea of uh, the things that they can concoct for your workout or for weight loss, weight gain, they have names like the Health, Perfect Fit, the Ultimate, Post-Workout, um, the Jacked Pre-Workout, the Green Machine, which is, I'm guessing, a bunch of, you know, superfood and and uh, you know greens the probiotic smoothie the super energy one weight loss immune booster daily multi this goes on and on and on uh, i've had them before a lot they're really good the ultimate burn the keto shake the stress less smoothie with vitamins and fruit and various things in these shakes it's a great uh, smoothie bar they have other kind of foods as well but uh, for a health-based uh, business, this is the best one in the area. So don't waste your time on these little, you know, vitamin shop thingies and these other places that have one one brand name for everything that they sell. This place has everything under one roof. WholesaleNutrition.com. They have gift cards. They have a very smart, uh, well versed staff on all of this stuff and it's a great place to go it's on goodman road in south haven between Gitwell and chulahoma thank you chris and jennifer and their entire staff for being good to us we appreciate it wholesale nutrition chrissy hind and the pretenders i love this old tune the boots of chinese plastic this is drake digital there's, it's impossible these days when you peruse the internet and the news sites that we do uh, to not read something about uh, the new AI chatbots, ChatGPT, OpenAI, Microsoft, which I have on my computer, is doing stuff that is annoying me because they're trying to force their new version of this on its users. And little things pop up and they're changing. I don't want it to be changed. And there are little icons here and there. And do you want to do? No, I don't want. I don't want Bing. Bing was Bing Crosby. He's an a-hole. He's dead. <laughs> I don't want him involved in my in my work here. But there's something new every day. And I skipped one I had yesterday from the Axios news service about um, what this thing can do. And all the words it can produce based upon your question, the problem they are having with it in some places, despite the ones we have mentioned before, which are a lack of uh, any kind of feeling, any kind of, they don't know how to, to reason things out. They answer exactly what they are asked in direct form and up to 8,000 words or something. So I saw uh, today... Uh, uh, Bill Gates, who is a man that knows what he's doing uh, based upon his track record, talking about how it is inevitable that this is going to be uh, what runs the world eventually. AI and all the parts that go along with that. This headline today uh, pops out, Google releases BARD, their competitor in the race to create AI chatbots. They will grant users access to a chatbot after years that they've spent on cautious development. 
chasing splashy debuts from rivals OpenAI and Microsoft. What does this mean? Uh, this comes from the New York Times. So I guess they have sat back and watched everybody else figure out the blips and the quirks in these things. And they think that theirs is the one that is going to be the most productive. Uh, for the past three months, they have watched projects at Microsoft and OpenAI and on and on. And the Bard, their new one, is ready to go. Do you have a story about this, Wes, that I didn't see? Did yeah, it, I've, I've got uh, on how you can now sign up to try it, which is a really oh. simple, it looks like. You just go to bard.google.com, hit join waitlist, and sign in with your Google, your Google account. And when there's a free slot, you will get an email saying, okay, come on and give it a try. And okay. with that... So that's what... So, that, so just to back up to when this first began to roll out. Remember, I tried it as did you on mm -hmm. the air, and it was it was there was a a long list of waiting to try it, and mm -hmm. I just said you know f this and and didn't ever go back to it. Yeah. So this one is the same way. Oh sure, but and, well, and that's understandable. I thought that this was in the news a few weeks ago, and something weird happened with it, and they had to like reel it back in to fix something. Because that's this, happened a lot, yeah. It seems they have like problems, yeah. it's happened. Yeah, okay, well. well there's a lot involved. And in fact, the uh, two of the Google VPs put out a blog post saying that this is powered by a lightweight and optimized version of Google's large language model, and they'll be updating BARD with newer, more, newer, more capable models and warn that the conversational AI is not always going to be right, no matter how confident it sounds. So yeah. just yeah. be ready for that. Well, there are, apparently there is a list of great things about it, but then since it is programmed by human beings, there will always be faulty issues, right? And things that must be addressed. Now, one of your stories here has um, about how it is acing every exam it is given. And I don't know what they chose from, uh, but it is killing it when it comes to answering test questions. Yeah, this is the GPT-4 that uh, was released recently, and you summed up the headline perfectly. There is a uh, professor at Wharton who uh, says that the GPT-4 scored in the 90th percentile for the universal bar exam, 88th percentile for the L LSAT, 93rd percentile on the SAT evidence-based reading and writing part of the uh, exam. And it's just, it is exponentially better than these other ones. Uh, they, it says it passed the simulated bar exam with a score around the top 10% of test takers, an earlier version, version 3.5. We're talking about version four. So not a, a whole lot of time there between these two but the 3.5 had a score around the bottom 10 percent so wow. it's just getting better and better faster and faster as it absorbs all of the knowledge that is available to it on the internet there's so much of it i just wonder at what point do we get uh, to say okay this thing is as good as it'll ever be uh let's everybody use it or will there always be little things to fix and tinker with? Because there are, 
the, these stories are everywhere every day and it's hard to keep up with who has it and how um, it's effective or not and what the problems are but well, the, the one that I saw yesterday was that um, I don't know where this was from exactly which one of them but the problem was that it doesn't that its memory was as long as a goldfish, which is about 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. So it can... That's funny. It, it, it can hammer something out with an answer. But then when you go back and ask it a certain thing in whatever it types out, it can't, it doesn't recall what you ask it. So you might ask it a question and get one answer, and then an hour later ask it again and get a totally different answer. Exactly. And that's well, really not, doesn't appear to be a good thing to me. No, it, no, it doesn't. And sometimes with Alexa, you have to word something right for her to know the answer. It, it, it's simple as what time does, you know, some team play some other team on Saturday. And if you don't word it right, she'll go, I'm sorry, I don't know that. And then you'll word it differently and she'll go, you know, the Tennessee Volunteers play blah, Florida Atlantic on whatever day, whatever time. I'm like, you... You didn't know that a minute ago, lady. I don't think, I, I think that she's probably way behind uh, this technology. Oh, that yeah, oh of course, of, of course. Um, and people that bought eight of these like you did will regret that at some day now very soon. What, my but, first one uh, was a gift. My first one was a gift. <laughs> well, sure. The, yeah. What you asked. They're going to all be at, in, you know, flea markets and at Goodwill. So. What what you ask, though, about at what point do we call this done? We're not ever going to call it done. We're not ever going to call uh -huh. any kind of technology done. Uh, but what's going to it's going to get to it reminds me of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they the people made the ultimate computer to answer the ultimate question about life, the universe and everything. And the computer right. said it couldn't do that, but it could design <laughs> a computer that could. And that's what's going to happen. We're going to get, I think, to where AI is designing other AI, designing other AI. And at some point, we're going to have to Different figure levels, out you know, yeah. you know, what's bet, yeah. sentience and what's not and what 42 really means. If we ever get to the point where we can uh, perfect a human being, which is not going to ever happen, then we can perhaps perfect this. Because there, there's nobody perfect. <laughs> And we keep trying to up the game on who's the smartest guy in the world. I guess that'd be Elton Musk right now. I, I want to smack him around. Uh, but oh my God. Uh, but they will keep adding, you know, it'll, it'll get smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. But don't forget, this is all made by human beings who have a distinct lack of, there's, there's nobody perfect. So I guess that these little guys in their lab coats are doing this stuff and making it as good as it can be right now, but there's something new every day that has been discovered that is wrong. And, you know, it'll be that way for a long time, I guess. So we'll find out in a minute. Sydney has a few things we're going to look at. I don't, I love both these people. I don't know what this means. What do Springsteen and Julia Louis Dreyfus have in common? Uh, I don't know. They are not both married to Patty Scialfa would be my best guess. There's I don't one know thing. about that. Uh, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and you had something else I thought was, oh, this is this has to be heard to be understood. If you get a USB drive in your mail, don't put it in your computer. How stupid no. do you have to... 
We'll, yeah, we'll hear about that in, in just a minute. Uh, first, Johnny Cash. This is Personal Jesus on Drake Digital. All right, let's figure out what this question from Sid's list of news stories is. Bruce Springsteen. If you don't know who he is by now, don't worry about it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just don't worry about it. If you don't know who... One of the funniest people ever, I don't care if it's man or woman, she just has a, a special gift. She's hysterical and successful and just the best. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She and Bruce, I would say, are, uh, they've done pretty well for themselves. What do they have in common? Well, it comes a little bit late because of the pandemic, but they, along with Gladys Knight and Vera Wang and Mindy Kaling, have received the White House's 2021 National Medals of Arts and Humanities. Huh, and this okay. happened yesterday. Why? Now, and because, because they're great. I mean, Bruce Springsteen, who's released 21 albums and six decades of a career, uh, was honored for his music that, quote, celebrates our triumphs, heals our wounds, and gives us hope, capturing the unyielding spirit of what it means to be American. Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus of course, you know, Seinfeld, Saturday Night Live, The Adventures of Old Christine, and Veep is received the medal for, quote, blazing a trail for women in comedy and across American life through her commitment to excellence and the power of her example. So, huh. she has never not, if you have not ever sat down and watched all of Veep, you've missed some of the most laugh out loud, hysterical, uh, acting and improving you'll ever see on a TV screen. Uh, I don't know how much of that show was was improved. A lot, I think. But the cast of her and uh, and uh, Tony Hale and Gary Cole and all these other people, it, it moved fast. The dialogue was remarkable, and you have to ask yourself with all these experienced actors. And she was the vice president, and then she wasn't, and. It, it is one. It's one of the one of the funniest things ever on on the TV. I guess they had five or six seasons, but okay, she is it. just magnificent in all that she does. Uh, as is uh, Mr. Bruce, who uh, yes, well, my the, eyes can do no wrong. Yeah, and the National Medal of Arts is the highest award given to artists and groups who advance the arts in the United States. And last year, Elton John won the National Humanities Medal for his songbook and his long legacy of advocacy. Well, I think I remember is, uh, that. He's I been think a, I remember that. He's been, he's done and, uh, pretty and good. And I guess too. Mindy got it for the Velma series on HBO Max. Oh, is uh, she in that? She's a producer for that and is the voice of Velma in this, that series. Yeah, she stays she pretty busy it. too. Yeah. What did she get it for? She stays pretty uh, busy. There's a long list of people. Who Just got for it being named Mindy, don't. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, what is this random USB coming in your mail? These assholes will stop at nothing. Well, it's not around here, luckily, and you would think that if you were oh, a journalist... Be. We're slow. I want to know. I want to know. I mean, it, it could be around here. We just don't know yet. Um, you would think that... The, I, I guess if you're a journalist and you're getting a USB drive in the mail, maybe... Well, no. You'd think you would be more, even more careful if you're a journal, journalist and getting it in the mail. Yeah. I don't know how they were... I don't know how they were labeled. I don't know how they were... What was on the envelope. But this one journalist plugged it into his computer, and it detonated like a bomb. Good <laughs> Jeez, I had yeah. heard of that. Wow. Yeah, he, op- he opened the envelope in the middle of the newsroom. I like room. that. He put it in his computer. It detonated like a bomb. Uh, 
this now this happened in Ecuador, uh, but they have been journalists across Ecuador have been targeted by these these USB drives in the mail. And you would think, okay, if you know that, why are you plugging it in? It's it's the at least five different organizations were uh, sent the letters. Five different like journalistic organizations were sent the letters, and. I guess it's they they say that it is uh, the the um, the police carried out a controlled detonation of one of them sent to something called T T C television, and they're like military type explosives. So they're I mean they're not in the U S. So this was a well, this was a big explosion. This wasn't just like it it fried his computer and and popped or something. I mean, that's what it sounds like. I don't think that this guy, I mean, this, the guy didn't die. Okay. But they oh, are um, three of the explosives. Let's see. In Ecuador's largest city, of city I can't pronounce, where three of the explosives were sent, um, there have been just all kinds of violence, including decapitated bodies, hanging from pedestrian yes. bridges. It's these rival gangs. Uh-huh. It's it's rival gangs. Have you gangs, never heard of Don't Click smuggling. on the Link? <laughs> I know. I yeah, know. I mean, it's, it's get an old laptop that's not connected to your your Wi-Fi or internet in any way, and plug it in there and see what happens and run for yeah, your life. Exactly. I guess that's a thrown oh in there God. now too. Yeah. Violence has been so yeah. Violence has been so ramped up there between these drug trafficking gangs for uh, territory and control. But you would like, oh my God. Really? Were there any Why text we... in your little thing from today or yesterday yes. or whatever? We we're have on? we've got some text coming in for lawyer Bill, which is okay. good eight seven eight nine four two zero. And uh, let's see, Therese was wondering because the other day we were talking about you go to Sam's all the time, and she wondered if you ever get hit up for money at Sam's because she had a woman ask her for money as she pushed her son around in a cart. No, I'm not. I don't play that kind of crap. I, what I find annoying is, I don't know how they do it. Um, it's been up at Walgreens for the past year. A, there's a table outside and a couple of dudes wearing shirts and they're trying to raise money to help save the children or something. Everybody has a cause. And I see that at Walgreens. I see them at, at uh, uh, Super Low. The times that I... Uh, I'm in there, but they're, I don't know who they are and how they've gotten permission to do this. But people that just ask you for money in a store like Sam's, uh, that won't last yeah. long. No, not that's, cool, not not, cool. that's not a good idea. Not so, a good uh, idea. Yeah. Sometime in the past couple of days, William heard Tracy Chapman's Give Me One Good Reason. Mm-hmm. And she he, he said, did y'all know that the cool guitar part on that was played by Memphis late great Jack Holder? No, cool. I don't think yes, I knew that you know either. what? I didn't know that. Uh, you know, ah. God, uh, uh, Jack Holder played on Berlin. Uh, they had a couple of hits, and because uh, John Kilzer was on Geffen Records, and Jack played on both of those records, and somehow the contacts were made, and Jack did some session work out in L.A., and he played on uh, with uh, was her name Terry Nunn. And Berlin, and uh, he was oh. a fine guitar player yeah. and a great dude. Everybody in that band is now gone, except mm-hmm. for Dave Smith, who played bass. 
Yeah, boy, it's wow. they've been dropping like flies here for about 20 years. Unfortunate. Yeah, Jack was a great one. All right, what else? Anything? Yeah, Melanie texted the other day. She heard Angel Eyes by Jeff Healy, and she says, This is why I listen 24-7. What a lovely piece by a sightless person who found a way to express his music with a guitar on his lap. Love y'all so much. Thank you, says Melanie. That's so nice. One time uh, in the early going, we had Jeff uh, on the show with me and Zeke a long time ago. And his two bandmates were with him, and they were just, I guess Angel Eyes had come out on a new album, and uh, I think it was Zeke that made the statement, uh, have you seen Jeff's new album cover? It's okay. He hadn't either. Rimshot. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but he laughed his ass like He was a funny dude. And I don't remember what what killed him because he died a yeah. good decade ago. And I can't remember why, but he was blind, I guess, from birth. But he was in Roadhouse was so and um, oh, yeah. he was a great, great player and a really nice man, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they come, they go. All right. Uh, any text you got? Eight seven eight nine four two zero. Lawyer bill tomorrow. When is the Pink Floyd between the grooves thing coming up next? Well, let me check. It's my coming up. Schedule of the things that'll be tonight at six. Yes. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it it is fun to hear it, and uh, that's on, and Wes's are on, and Sid keeps a list of the podcasting that is on the on the uh, on this thing. Lawyer Bills and mine and uh, and Wes's and more to come as the weeks go by. In the meantime, here is interesting version from a uh, one of the a, a great poet and talent and artiste. Here's Patty Smith doing the Rolling Stones. This is Drake Digital. <laughs> 